0: hi this is marnie with maxim and marnie long time no see
1: welcome back marnie
0: hi this is pastor brian my faithful producer oh yeah i should say my name <laughs> um, uh, Maxim is a synonym for truth. And so this is Pastor Brian and I's journey interviewing people that go to our Savior's Lutheran Church in Naperville, Illinois to learn each other's stories and to be able to love and support each other better in knowing each other's stories. And we've had some really good favorites and I've had lots of requests. Shout out to Karen Lindflat; Yes. Yeah. One of my faithful listeners. Okay. Karen, you got to come on soon.
1: Okay. Well, I, I would agree. I would love to hear her story. Um, it's been a hot minute since we have recorded. I think we tried to record one during the pandemic. We Chris? were outside. Chris Reinsterna. Mm-hmm. Did, did we? Did we release that one?
0: I don't know. So
1: our apologies if we did it. Yeah. I, I don't because we had major audio issues, is what I remember.
0: Yeah, I don't remember either, so but hopefully Chris we was don't delightful today. and really interesting, and if you hadn't um, listened to it, then spoiler alert, she's a really interesting person, and you should get to know her. But moving on to today, um, I'm so excited, we have Vicky with us Welcome, today. Vicky. Welcome, Vicky. Hello. Vicki, what service do you worship at?
2: Um, we kind of mix it up. We're Saturday night and Sunday morning at 9, and then occasionally we'll pop in down here at Celebration. Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I would not. say you're floaters.
2: Yeah, we're floaters. I think that that's good, because I think that makes
0: you get to know um, the congregation better. I think I tend to stay at the same one, and then you tend to know the same people, which builds that community, pluses and minuses to both, but I love that you float. Um, and tell me about where did you grow up, Vicki? I don't know you, so I, this is my favorite kind of interview.
2: I grew up on the east side of St. Paul, Minnesota a minnesota guy yes a minnesota yeah and
0: you went uh, elementary junior high high
2: school all of the above
0: yeah so you grew up and who were who lived in your home with you
2: um i'm one of seven so i have three professional sisters parents three brothers oh wow and so that's yes. exciting
0: who are you closest to out of your seven
2: um well it changes over the years yeah like i kind of raised my baby sisters and so i was super close to them and now i'm close to i'm close to all my sisters i'm close to m-
0: where are you in the seven
2: i'm number three even though i had the personality of the firstborn i was just
0: gonna say yeah <laughs> okay you just said taking care of so were how there, far we, apart yeah, there, what was the
1: age sorry yeah sorry i was guessing like were there two boys ahead of you no oh
2: boy girl girl boy, boy, girl, girl. Oh, so a real mix So smash. the first five of us are in five years, my sister and So, I- wait, wait, wait.
0: The first five of you are in five <laughs> years. Yes, ma'am.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> what are their names? Are they all Vs?
2: No. Greg, Terry, Vicky, Mike, Scott, Andrea, and Jacqueline wow
0: and you're number three so not a middle because you're saying more of a firstborn so you would um characterize yourself with what that that to me i think of some stereotypes but what would you say
2: um always trying to keep the peace taking care of everything keeping everything you know going
0: yeah so then after high school what happened
2: um i went to vocational school i became a cosmetologist
1: awesome
0: so do you have your own kit (laughs) Is that the right lingo? Uh,
2: No, but that's.
0: Oh, oh, oh! oh. (laughs) I thought that what they said, like in Hollywood. Like, oh, like when I got my kit, I got my makeup.
2: Um, I graduated on May 15th, got married on May 16th.
0: Wait, you went to cosmetology school, graduated on May 15th. How did you meet the love of your life?
2: Um, On the church softball team. I was a player, he was a coach.
0: Oh, sure. Real Peaches, real (laughs) Rockford Peaches situation here. So was he older than you? He is. Because he was the coach and you were the player. That's the only reason I said that. Yeah. Yeah. He's
2: not that much older than I am.
0: Yeah. So how did that happen? Tell me about your love story.
2: Um he had eyes for me, so like when we were playing, you know, we were practicing, he would um, say whoever catches this pop fly I'll take to McDonald's, and then he would hit it right to me. Oh, real
1: well risk. awesome. Is. Smooth move, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Smooth move. What is it?
0: Yeah, well, okay, so your husband's Mark Witt, if people know him. Um, wait, so how
2: long did this go on? How long were you dating? Uh, we dated three years before we got married.
0: Oh, so a lot of softball.
2: Well, no, that was just one <laughs> year, yeah. you know. Things progressed from there. He was between his sophomore, and, uh, freshman, and sophomore year of college. Um, I met him between his first and second year of college, and then because um, his parents had moved to Minnesota. So if you want the whole backstory, I do. I here. do. So his parents moved to Minnesota. He's from Detroit, by the way, mm-hmm. and they moved here during. Um, when he was at college, and then he needed somewhere to be for the summer, and that's how I met him on the church softball team. But his um, father was a teacher at our church school. And the five of us, uh, out of the seven, five of us are older, and then um, we have two younger ones. There's a huge age difference. And uh, my second to the youngest, was um had mr wit for her sixth grade teacher oh my um, god! but that down the line funny. mark and i got married and then we were expecting our first baby when my sister was in his class of the father-in-law yeah, the father-in-law yes uh, yeah that's so funny so just and then yeah
0: so okay so then you guys were in or where was mark in college
2: um well you know he went back to college and miss me and couldn't live without me. And so then he moved, um, transferred to the University of Minnesota, changed his major to, you know, um, appease his parents. Oh, interesting. And it didn't really work out. And this is really his story. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry,
0: sorry. We're getting sidetracked. So
2: talk. we probably shouldn't be talking about But so about cosmetology.
0: <laughs> so talk. When what was the worst botched job you did?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing I ever did is yeah. when I was um, – working and I had uh this lady had uh color on her hair sure and it had to be so many minutes and I ran down to the cafeteria to get some girls food gotta eat and I ran into somebody I knew and started talking and forgot about the lady. So
0: <laughs> So wait, so what happened? Did, like yeah. it broke off or like uh, it was No, my did-
2: boss was there. <gasps> And saved my behind, because wow. what
0: would have happened? It
2: was being bleached. Uh, well, it was being it was. Being colored. Oh, so just could have been darker. Yeah, yeah, been, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so like her hair won't fall out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It, does it fall out with bleach though if it's in too long?
0: Wouldn't it like. It could break off. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow.
1: So
2: let me just say um, that conversation after the lady left was not pretty.
0: Like the manager. I deserved
2: whatever I got. Yeah. You were like, yeah, but I just ran into
0: Joanne down by the cafeteria. Yeah. Um. So then after cosmetology school, when did you start? what do you say having clients and doing it outside of the shop or outside of the class
2: well so like um after okay so mark decided to go back to school he moved to minnesota and we continued to date and then we got married and moved back to michigan so he could finish his education where and in Michigan? so, Kalamazoo.
0: Oh, so University of Big uh, Blue. Big, 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 no, big.
2: No, um, Western Michigan.
0: Western Michigan. Yes. What's what's University of... The
2: Broncos. Of-
0: okay, okay. So, you went there, and he was in college, and you were married yes, in an apartment. Yes,
2: living in married housing.
0: And was that common?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, because talk yeah. about that. Oh, it was a wonderful time. It was... Everybody was in the same boat. We were all poor. Yeah, going to school. Um, most most of um, most people were um, non traditional age. You know, some of them had been in the service, come back to go, you know, go back to school. You know, just different. It was wonder. It was fun. But there were other married a, couples. Yeah, it was yeah, married housing, and we had a courtyard. It was kind of like a U shaped. And like up, Melrose Place. Upstairs. Old and reference. Downstairs. Old reference. <laughs> and so yeah, it was good because everybody, you know, was in the same boat and nobody could afford anything. So we just stalled That's kinda great. It was. It was What did
0: you guys do together in community? Did you play games? Like I'm thinking like hard <laughs> we games. No, no, you drank. Yeah. You party. You had <laughs> yeah. a really good time. That's fine. We can say that. That's fine. <laughs> um, I said it, not her. Um, so then where, where did you land after um, leaving there? Um,
2: we moved back to Minnesota. We were expecting um, our first child. And so, yeah. And what was in Minnesota? Family. Both of our
0: families. Yeah.
2: Both of our families. Mark got his first job there. And then how did you end up here? Um, so we lasted a year, two years there, um no it must have been three years had another child then we moved to woodridge illinois stayed there for a few years then we moved to cincinnati ohio stayed there for four years and then we ended up here in naperville so um we moved 12 uh we moved five times in the first 12 years we were married How hard was that? Wow, that was really hard. Yeah, it was hard. Some of the moves, you know, like at first, I wanted to move home, but then you can't really move back. That's true. What they say, you can't really move back, your expectations are never met. So, but, um, and
0: was that complicated with both sets of in laws? Like, I just feel like those relationships can be interesting or the dynamic. I don't think so. That part wasn't it. I don't
2: think so because there were so many on my family, it it didn't matter. Um, I you know I found out years later my sisters were angry with me because I left them. Oh.
1: You know, things yeah, that Yeah,
2: they wanted you around. They you know, you just didn't think about it at the time. You just wanted to create your new family, your new, you know, home kind do of Do
0: you have any remaining friendships from Cincinnati that time? Oh absolutely. You do. Um
2: we have made multiple trips there. You um have. we haven't been back for a couple of years because of COVID. Yeah. But I mean, it's been 29 years since we've been there, and, and we have lots of friends. It's just that it's our lives are changing now. Oh, for sure. Um, a lot of them have grandkids. They're yeah. really super busy. We now have an instant granddaughter. Oh,
0: wait. This is exciting news, but like, let's back up. So then you were in Woodridge, then Cincinnati, then Naperville. So at that time, tell me about your family, because I think I know some of your boys from Ignition. Okay,
2: so when we moved here, um, it was the summer of 93, <clears throat> Melissa was going into fifth grade. Andrew was going into second grade. And Matthew was going into first grade.
0: Okay. And they and, grew up in this church.
2: And they grew up in this church. Yes. And when you
0: said that you met Mark at a church softball team, what church were you going, or what church did you grow up in? That was
2: in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and that was, oh my gosh, Gethsemane Lutheran. Yeah, she was just
1: asking so if Lutheran it was Lutheran. Church. Yeah, there's oh, only yes, Lutheran I'm churches sorry. in Minnesota, you know that. Right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so this was like, so, so it was, and what did what faith did Mark grow up in, or how did you guys? Mark grew up in Lutheran church. Oh, wow, so that I was I grew easy. up in the
2: Baptist church, um, but as a teenager when I hit about 15, 16, um, Things in our family had changed, and we then became, you know, faithful Lutherans. Okay, interesting. So.
0: Uh, What changed?
2: Lots of different things.
0: My mom got remarried. Okay. And so then that, that like, relationship, then it worked better in that faith. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. So then your kids grew up. What was your favorite part of your kids um, growing up in this church?
2: Oh, my favorite part of this, the youth groups. I mean, oh, my gosh, my kids – thrived with logos mm-hmm. yes. it's been a long time since you've heard that word um so they were in logos and then i can't even remember what the high school was called
0: did they go to 747 yes yeah but I they
2: think. were older than yeah um 747 yeah they yeah did. that worship service
1: can i ask a side question just because i'm super curious like do you think logos could exist now because I feel like the parents that had their children go through it, they're like, we like that, that was core. Um, what and- was
2: logos? Talk about it. Logos was, okay, for that was for the middle school kids. And they started out coming to um, you know, to church, and there was a meal. There was a team of parents that would, you know make the meal and then also there would be a parent at each table so there would be you know building community with the kids there would be adults and there would be also mentors so um, similar to what sergeant similar it's
1: it was on wednesday nights it was
2: on wednesday and, nights and so was um, it part of confirmation i guess yeah. we considered it part of confirmation yeah, it was. or it was just more social um, that part well, no, because then we broke into groups. Okay, so the, the dinner was social, definitely. Yes. And then um, the mentors then would break. They, we had groups, um, and they would break into groups, and they would definitely have things that they would be talking about um, with this Bible verse. It was, it was um, surrounded more around the Bible and stuff. Um, and as the program, like in high school – started it got to be more open questions about the bible it was very i think it was more structured back when my kids were in it and when When they were in the high school part when they were in the the middle school and the high school part i think it was more structured than it had become yeah um but there's still great conversations that led so there was a structure to it and then mentors took liberties wherever it mm-hmm. needed to be.
0: Did you mentor? I did. I was just going to say years, the way you were saying
2: um, You did. I did. For,
0: for the junior high. No, for, for the high school, school. You did. I did. So you must have done that then right when I came. Because I think I came around 2000, 2001 in the high school one. And Lauren was the youth group leader. And Brad Creighton was the junior No, high, I did it before that. Before that. Wow. and then
2: I did come back for one year and I can't even tell you um oh Dan Byrne mm-hmm. yes was I came back for one year and it just didn't fit anymore yeah um you know I had done it for years and then we had life yeah happen at our house and then um I came back because I thought it was a good thing and just wasn't a good fit anymore isn't that funny we're
0: having because you just said that about minnesota
2: yeah not going back that's interesting yeah with life
0: moving forward right yes (laughs) um and so no i knew i think your youngest son would he have been in around 2000 2001 um he
2: would be yeah in the high school program yes yes okay and he's a golfer so matthew he had been (laughs) yes okay so where are all of them Okay, so Matthew just got married. He's our baby. He's um he just got married two, three weeks ago, the twenty seventh of July. Congratulations on a Wednesday afternoon. Oh wow, how Uh, fun. Why a Wednesday afternoon? Because that's just who he is. Him and They
1: are so happy. They are so
2: happy. Why, why? Um, Like just casual, just Well, I think a couple of things played into it. Um, is the fact that they had to have it very they wanted it very small, intimate mm-hmm. family.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you have it on
2: a Wednesday afternoon. You really
0: limit that. You really <laughs>
2: limit yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and his new wife, she's one of six kids. So, you cool. know, so that takes up. And uh, her eldest brother is a pastor, Pastor Brian. Oh, how funny. So he married them, but uh, they had met three years prior on that date. So they decided that was their date. Oh, I oh, like
1: that Just say that. It's Isn't the Wednesday? Yeah, yeah that's why that's they right? That's totally why it, right? they Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And where do they live? Um, they live in Oak Park now. Oh, so local. And yes, and that's where the bonus grandchild comes in. We have a beautiful little girl named Clara that is... Oh, wonderful. The light of our life. And
0: has he promised to produce seven, just like you come from? <laughs> we got none writing. No.
2: No. I, but they, yeah, they want to have a family. How wonderful. And then Andrew? Andrew, Is yes. where? Um, he is in Oswego with his wife. They just got married last October. So you've had they a had lot
1: a really lot great pastor. Yeah, we had an awesome pastor.
0: They got married pastor. here. Yes.
2: Another pastor, no, right? They got married oh, out. You can only get married in Pastor Brian. That's yes, right. Pastor Brian took care of them. And what does he mm-hmm. do? Um, he works for Reyes, which is a private um, beer distributor. Yeah, fun. So, yeah. And his wife is a physician assistant and she does orthopedic surgery and. Bones yes breaking bones, bones. cracking bones mm-hmm. all i know is callie
0: from Grey's anatomy like standing on someone and like shoving a shoulder in place or something that's all i know about orthopedic mm-hmm. i don't know if that's what she does <sighs> um and so they live in oswego you said mm-hmm. so how nice that they stayed local how did you like get that uh luck i tell you very blessed so yeah that is lucky because absolutely have you guys dreamt of retiring elsewhere or Like, is this where you thought you would retire and
2: stay here always? Oh, I always intended to be wherever my boys were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now Melissa. Tell me about Melissa.
2: So Melissa was the oldest. And so um, she went through the logos and yeah i can't what was the high school program called of, I know like, oh, what what yeah. yeah. happens yeah. when you get me. old it's ignition
0: just... now but i don't know what it was called back then it was definitely something
2: different You're right now was remember. it eagle's wings or was, was that just that the, choir? Was the choir that was the choir uh, i just i can't remember okay
1: i'll get i'll get back to you someone someone will email someone you know. right
0: now is screaming into their cars yeah speakers. probably
1: <laughs> it's
2: caring um <laughs> the church was really <laughs> an important place for her Um, she was that kid that um, we would be in church and then they didn't have an acolyte for the next service and then she would stay for the next service and Mm. then they didn't have an acolyte for the last service so she would stay an acolyte Um, she was yeah so really a servant heart totally yeah Um, when she started in Logo she really struggled Um, I'm not sure I can't remember because it's been 100 years ago but I remember telling Pastor Caroline, that was our pastor mm-hmm, at the time, mm-hmm. whom we absolutely love and adore, I just had a conversation with her that Melissa wasn't feeling like she had a place of belonging in the church. And I thought that Logos was a place that could help her, but it it,
1: it wasn't.
2: Right? And she took her under her wings, and within a few weeks, she was just blossoming and the church program was really awesome for her. Yeah. So. A great place for her. Um, yeah. After high school, though, that's kind of, she just struggled struggled to find, you know, she had this image of, you know, all these people from our saviors being, you know, going to college and, and being the best they can be. And she didn't fit in. And she was kind of lost after she graduated because, Church and school were everything. Mm-hmm. All her identity. Totally. And That's going she, she was totally lost. Um, she tried community college. She even tried moving out to Utah. Um, there were things that she didn't know about herself, and there's things that we didn't know about her. And mm-hmm. it was, we found out later things that she was struggling with. Um, she had grown up... Um, she struggled with school, even though she was super smart, super smart. Um, She had struggled with, um, you know, keeping things uh, organized and stuff. I mean, when she was four years old, the teachers wanted us to take and have her checked something wasn't right, you know, and, uh, you know, she had EKGs and this, that, and the other thing. In second grade, they diagnosed her with ADD, not ADHD. She was quiet, reserved. But I don't think that ever covered, I don't know.
0: That's interesting. My oldest got diagnosed with ADHD when she was in elementary school, but then later on, they said it was anxiety, and a lot of times in girls, they'll misdiagnose because she would go, and the teacher would say, like, oh, she's turning the lights off because she knows that's the next step, but she has to do the next thing because – and it wasn't because she was ADD. It was just because she was anxious and wanted to, like, do that. And mm-hmm. something about the way that girls – I don't know. It was interesting. But now she'll say – "My," she's in high school now. And now she'll say, I don't know. Maybe I do have that. <laughs> like, who yeah. knows, right? We all have a little bit of
2: everything. Yeah, Totally, yeah. She struggled with um, a lot of things. She She was incredibly smart. I mean – like one of uh, her teachers, science teachers, I went in because she was failing science. And she was so smart. I just couldn't understand. So I went to see him. And he says, I just don't understand why she did this. And she, he, he was teaching weather, and he showed me her test. And I looked at it, and I said, well, this is how I see it. You have the weather direction this and this and this, and I showed it. And when I look at this, it goes this way. And he looked at the diagram that I explained to him and why Melissa did it the way she did it. And he said, I have been teaching this for 30 years and I have never seen anybody do it that way. And he said, she's not wrong. Yeah. It's just not the way I did it for 30 years. And it was just like, at that point I had goosebumps. It's kind of like. Yeah, she just just, saw the world differently. She did. She saw the world differently. Not wrong. Yeah. Just different. But she, yeah, she had a lot of anxiety. She had, she had a lot of issues. Um, she was, she was a person that had the biggest heart in the whole wide world. Everybody went to her with her problems. The problem with that is, is they would dump on her, and then she couldn't function. It weighed heavy on her. It weighed heavy on her heart. There was one day a friend confided in her that she, um, you know, tried to you know take her life and you know a couple of days later this friend was seemed fine but Melissa couldn't function she couldn't even go to school the next day she couldn't get out of bed because she was so heavy-hearted and
0: then this person is like well I don't know I'm done with that
2: now yeah so yeah she, she just she struggled with a lot of things she struggled with headaches um she had sensory problems, but we didn't really understand it because, you know, when our kids were that age, you believed the doctors. Whatever they said, yeah. doctors were God. So when the doctors told us, well, she's just kind of a drama queen, or oh, that's just because that's her monthly, because she suffered headaches for years. And all through middle school, all through high school she suffered. Um, she was she was taking Excedrin her entire teenage years Hmm. and they you know so we just you know we believed them and then um you know fast forward we found out like seven months before she passed away that she actually had a cyst on her brain Um,
0: and that whole time was the headache, and we don't know
2: how long she had it it's true at all it could have been six months it could have been six years it could have been 16 years yeah but I went with her to the neurologist Uh, and I saw the picture and so it wasn't like a story or anything in case anybody's thinking Um, but so I mean it just it leaves you with a lot of guilt a lot of parent guilt you know because you know we weren't her advocate when we could have been more we believed everything everything the doctor said yeah
0: well and that's part of being a parent right is trusting smart people and giving them a voice so you said melissa passed away how old was she when she passed away 24 Mm -hmm. and how do you uh, how did you recover from that how did you you don't ever recover yeah
2: um you learn to live differently um you learn to live with joy and sometimes you just cry
0: yeah yeah
2: but, yeah, yeah. Um, when we lost Melissa, we lost a lot. Um, pastor Caroline did the service. She um, came back. Pastor Tom was pastor. They kind of co-did it because Pastor Caroline knew Melissa the best. Yeah, a personal relationship. And her relationship. husband, Pastor Brad. Um, they had a really super close um, relationship, but she pulled us aside after the funeral. And she said 80% of parents um, divorce after they lose a child. And I was just like. <laughs> yeah,
0: what do I do with that?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you do with that? You know, it's just like. And Mark and I, I mean, you grieve differently. I yeah. mean, we already know, you know, that men are from Mars and women are from Venus <laughs> without any problems. Yeah. And so. Um,
0: in your when that first happened what was the framing or the perspective that let you go to the next day or
2: well first our biggest struggle was is I 100% believe that she did not take her life it took me eight years to be okay with that Mm -hmm. and that kind of put a wedge between Mark and I um a lot you know happened you know the autopsy was supposed to come in five weeks and I called them every single week and it came in five months you know stuff like that Uh, why Um, who knows yeah you know yeah and so that made it really tough you know um I was going to counseling, Mark, um, he came with me a couple of times, once by himself and once with the boys, and the counselor looked at us and said, well, you're not grieving together. I was like, no duh, really. That's so <laughs> hard, yeah. Like, um, and the boys came once, um, which they were good sports about, and, uh. The counselor had said that she thought they were okay and that it will hit them when a major thing um when a major um experience in their life happens and they don't have their sister and that that was true
1: interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: and so yeah like don't
0: she was saying you're not grieving together but also it sounds like don't force them to try to have this certain experience because they will have it or be
2: there for them in that or what would be the takeaway there I guess I don't know I well, she, when she said to Mark and I we weren't grieving together I thought yeah. she thought we should be more in tune with each other apparently
0: Yeah and so what does that mean Just, um I don't know but Mark
2: never went back to counseling yeah, again Yeah 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 because yeah, that's hard and yeah I went I went for a long time I went for 2 years and I was going like you know twice a week and Yeah then, Um, It was just hard. Um, Yeah. It was, you know, it it really was hard on our marriage. Um, So that was 2007, um, October of 2007. Um, October of, uh, not October, I'm sorry, Um, 2010, I ran away to Africa. Tell me about this. Okay, so it all started with church. Oh. Yeah, like I don't
1: know if I would call it running away from what I've heard, but okay, yeah. go for it. Uh,
2: but in the back, if I'm going to yeah. be truthful. Yeah, that's exactly you needed an escape. Yeah, okay. Um, so in 2009, I was that was the year I was back to mentoring. Okay. That year. So um, we took all the kids to the um, National Youth Convention, which was in New Orleans mm-hmm. in 2009 yeah. It was hotter than Hades down there. Oh, my gosh. Um, and there was a speaker there, Viola Vaughn. I don't know if you remember her at all. I or... wasn't there, yeah. Well, <laughs> she came to our church. Oh, okay. okay. That's why. Okay, so she was a spe- he, she was speaking down there, and um, Pastor uh, Mark Borghetti, he was there, and he was all impressed with her also. And so then um, we got her to come to our Savior's and speak, and because she had this phenomenal program going on in Africa, um, helping to keep girls in school. And um, so this program, she came, and basically she would be coming to the States and try to sell to different churches to help support her program to keep girls in school. And I was very enamored by her. I was enamored by her story. She also had lost a daughter um oh, age 25 wow. oh wow. to I think it was asthma and I just sort of kind of latched down yes. to everything she said um and then it, I just thought it was weird because when she came to Illinois and came to our saviors um they were trying to find housing for her and they asked us And, of course, we took her in. But, like, why would they ask us? We're nobody at our saviors. Like, we're not the important people. Why would she, you know, this, you know, this famous person stay in our house? I just thought it was a God thing. Yeah, I just really did. And so we would, you know, she stayed with us for a couple of days. And then we would stay up really late talking. And she, you know, would tell me her story. And then she, you know, um, invited me to go to Africa and stay with her. But Wait, would, so
0: what do you mean she has a home in Africa? She ha- she lives in Africa. Even she though she's from She lives in Africa.
2: She, she was born and raised in Detroit. So where okay. in Africa? Um in Senegal. Colac to be exact, which is West So if the West
0: L, Africa. if the L is like this.
1: There's a map behind you. Yeah, yeah I you know I'm looking know. at <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. So it's where I am.
1: For those on the podcast, Vicky is looking at a global I map know, right I behind her. It's a, it's a, it,
0: like if Find I'm fi- picturing like Africa, like a upside down L and Senegal is. Okay,
2: so I can't. I'm going to get it. a, I mean, Senegal is
1: pretty I'm going to point large, it out. So why am I not seeing it? I think it's in the horn, so it's over here. Senegal is right here
2: oh thanks okay so
0: all the way at the tip of the l so So. So far western yes northwestern africa okay so you were like i'm gonna go with you oh mark this girl just visited us and i'm gonna
2: go she asked me to go and teach high school literature oh wait so not like a week oh no no this was going to be for a month
1: Oh, I guess I didn't know these details, so I'm super excited you're telling this okay. story.
2: So? So um, so she wanted me to teach high school literature, and their, um, their first language is French, and I don't know an ounce of French. Sure. <laughs> oui, oui. Um, <laughs> I mean, I took Spanish in high school, and I still can't speak Spanish. Sure. Same. Um, so, but I was excited about it because the um, girls were learning English. So I was gonna still I was gonna teach in English as much as I could, and I was supposed to be teaching a novel, um, *Sense and Sensibility*. And so um, I hadn't read it at the time. She picked it. So I go, okay, okay, yeah. So I'm reading on the plane on the way over there. This is
0: awesome. <laughs> Wait, so she's at your house sleeping over. You're talking. You're like, oh my gosh, shared experiences, and I'm so inspired by this woman. Can you come? Over here. How soon was that after that?
2: Um, so she was there in like October, November, I think, of two thousand nine, and I went in July, June, June or July. I can't even remember. The very and next it was year, so hot. Oh yeah, it was only months later.
0: So you get on a plane. You're reading your homework to teach, mm-hmm. and you <laughs> land. And what is I don't know and anything she sends, about Senegal. She
2: sends somebody okay, so I don't know their language, and they speak Wolof. And um, it's very hard for me to, uh, I have kind of a hearing problem, so their enunciation is very hard for me to get. Um, and it doesn't matter because I don't know the language. Yeah. But after you're there for a while, they, they they expect you to learn some phrases just out of respect. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult for me because I couldn't hear exactly yeah I couldn't get it get it but when I got there she had changed um so when I got there I get off this plane and it takes me a while to figure out this woman it, um, this young woman with a child has a sign with my name on it so I know she's the person I'm supposed to follow she doesn't speak English and and you've
0: been up for how long? Hours, I mean, I you're yeah. no idea. so sleep deprived and, and then, I'm looking at like, it's like equator. So like, it's like tropical, like it is palm so trees there. and it's hot. It's and 115
2: it's, every and day. And it's
0: on the ocean, but you're not on the no, ocean. We, you're like in, you're in it.
2: Because okay, so just, even though I flew into the capital, um, we had to drive four hours south to Colac. So you're just
0: in the middle of a tropical, like rainforesty, hot. I wouldn't
2: even call it rainforesty. No, I more mean, desert. It was deserty. Okay, it was more desert, and they don't really have roads. Everything is more like potholes, and so like gravel. Not gravel. Not just paved. Dirt. 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 Okay. Dirt. Dirt. And the kind of ride your body hurts after, like
1: it. It's really unique. Um, one thing I I distinctly remember from like our trips was um, how many tires pop from those these potholes. Like it's insane how many uh, tire shops are just by the sides of the road because they're it's just constant expectation holes bumps just- in the ground. It yeah it's very it, I mean like probably wouldn't you say Vicky if they if if that uh, road were paved. It could probably take 45 minutes to do, but because of turns or th- just very unique uh, situations.
2: Probably this four-hour ride would have been one-hour ride. Right. <laughs> um, maybe an hour and a half. But no, I mean, it was... It's tough. Avoiding... And it's you, this woman, and her daughter. Okay, a driver, uh, this woman, and a child, which was not hers. Um, and just... Uh, and nobody can speak to you. They just You're no, just trusting she... that they're taking you where you're supposed to I go. I mean, she was trying. She had a couple of English words, but nothing that connected into a sentence. Mm-hmm. But somewhere halfway between where they picked me up and where we landed, they pulled off the side of the road and gave this child to the parent. I don't know the story, but... All of a sudden, the kid left. All of a sudden, the kid was gone. Mm-hmm. So did you think it was her kid? Well, at first, when yeah, she picked yeah, it yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So then you're confused. You're like, wait, she's what are confused, we doing with this child? And um she did know the word mama and she's like mama. Like, okay. You know, she's not giving her child away. Yeah. So, um language was a huge barrier.
0: So you then you arrive what, at 4 hours. You arrive to her home with yes. her.
2: Yes. Um you arrived to um Viola Vaughn's home. And she's there. And she's there and she, um so then um she pays the driver for bringing me down here, um, which later I paid her back, um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot to, to this, but anyways, um, so I stayed in her home, which she had, like, the nicest home in the whole area, um, you know, most of the people had huts and, and makeshift homes and, um, But this is a home with like a toilet that flushes. Yes, but I didn't have a shower. Like I had bucket baths. She had lights that show turn on. Yes. Air conditioning. No, no, no air. No air. Um. So after you, you know, had your sponge bath in the morning and got by the time you dressed and tried to do your hair was soaking wet, even though you didn't wash it. You just were sweating so much that so I would just put my hair in a French braid every day just to keep it off me. So you get
0: there the first night. And so then what do you eat?
2: Um, She has people that cook for her Mm -hmm. and everything. And so all my meals were made. So that was wonderful. Um, And it was
0: what kind of food? Like what were you eating?
2: Well, I'm vegetarian, so that was a little bit harder for them. Because they eat a lot of fish and meat, um, but they have like, um, like, paya. Uh Do you guys know what that is? I love it. It's kind of like a rice dish with meat in it. Um, Like, I ate a different kind of oatmeal, not American oatmeal, but I had a, a different kind of oatmeal. Lots of different grains. It wasn't smooth or anything, mm-hmm. and at first I thought it was disgusting. But you kind of get used mm-hmm. to it after, you know, a long time. You kind of like, you kind of liked it, yeah, because mm-hmm. it was a heartier thing. Um, there was just a lot of different meals. And they cooked a lot of vegetables for me once they understood so that I was nice. a vegetarian. They were kind of catering to me, so that was really nice. So then she's like, "Okay, we're gonna wake up in the morning." Oh, my gosh. So she changes her mind. I don't know what happened from the time she asked me to teach <clears throat> literature until the time I got there, but she didn't give me heads up. So when I got there, um, so the next the next morning we go to her office, um, and she she's a terrible driver. <laughs> and she knows she's a terrible driver, so I'm not talking bad yeah, about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she knows she's a terrible driver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you take your life in your hands when she's driving. So most mornings she drove us to the office and I walked home. It was safer. Um, so when I got there, she changed her mind. She wanted to create, she wanted me to create a camp. Um, one was on, re, um, recy- there was two, two phases to this camp so the girls to learn about recycling and then um you know because it's been so long the other part was like politics it was two different um pieces to the camp and she wanted it in French and so I would be trying to and then she had uh she had um, You're college like, but look students. It. Sense and sensibility. She had college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pop yeah. quiz. <laughs> I read it on the plane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just. So you just what you were like?
0: Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh,
2: absolutely. Because I didn't have a backbone at all. I still really need to work on that. Um, okay, I'll teach recycling. <laughs> but no, we, it wasn't. There was two different camps, and um, it didn't even matter because she wanted it in French and she had college kids that came from all over so I had like four college kids that were supposed to be helping me but they weren't they were on their phones and they were trying to FaceTime with their families at home and uh, I would then write it in English and then I had access to a really old computer at her home. And so then I would stay up till all hours in the morning and Google translate everything I did during the day. Into French? Into French. And then I go back and do it the next day. So you're setting up this curriculum. Mm-hmm.
0: And then what? Then like, are you in a camp setting? Well, where you that, get to, that comes oh, at the very Pardon me. End. Keep going.
2: No, but this was just doing it. But by the third day... I was in tears, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, like, I just felt so alone. I just felt, yes. what am I doing here? This is crazy. I, like, I am way out of my league. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't be here. And then this woman walks into the office, this African-American woman, and she had just finished a project. She was, she is originally from... Florida and she finished a pro she was doing a um, I don't know what you call where reversal where she went to teach in Africa and one of the African like an exchange yeah exchange so she had finished up her eight month um, thing that the teaching that she was doing and she had a little bit of time um, before her next project or whatever and she was from haiti and she knew f- she was fluent in french and at that mm. moment that's when i knew that god followed me to africa and put her there absolutely yeah uh, that was life-changing at that moment It was just like he is not leaving me alone and i needed that because i had felt so alone for so long and um that was
0: and what's her name uh, what was her name? In effect, I,
2: I still keep in touch with her, and I have um. This is where my brain is. Yeah, like. I just got an email from her yesterday. And is she in Florida? No, she is. She is teaching around the world. Oh, That's great. She's oh in different gosh. countries. Um, she's much old. She's older than I am, and. Uh, so she comes in, and she's and, like, I got you. and I she d- you. She does, and we planned together. Mm. Um, and she, she was older, and she was much more experienced. And had lived and in these other And she had countries. total backbone. Yeah. And she just told those college kids what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of like, and we pulled this camp together. Cool. And um, we would walk home part of the way together, and I always uh, stop at this um, – little store hut to buy water because it was just so hot and I would never make it all the way turns out they were ripping me off and then when she came in and they she saw them ripping me off for my water she gave them a little talking to and my water from then on was like an equivalent of 50 cents to the American dollar Um, everywhere I went, they took advantage of me.
0: Because of the language barrier, and you're being polite,
2: and I don't know, and we don't haggle, and yeah, Mm -hmm. I would have been Mm -hmm. the same. So, I mean, there were some really cool things, and there were some not-so-cool things. I mean, I had one time I was walking home by myself, and kids were calling me names, and you could tell just by their body language that they weren't nice names. Yeah. And one kid went by and hit me in the head and called me an equivalent a slur, uh, you know. Yeah. And so after that, I, you know, I told my friend, and she came and uh, she walked me home every day after that. Then. Oh, what wow. a wonderful person um, she was. Absolutely, she is. Wait, so
0: how long were you walking? Like, how long was this walk? Uh,
2: it was a long walk. It was a couple miles. Maybe yeah, like three miles every
0: night. You're doing this, mm-hmm. but you weren't afraid. Besides that incident, like there wasn't.
2: I was. You were. But what are you gonna do? Oh my God! What are you gonna do? I mean, how did I got myself into it? So, you know, (laughs) I put myself there. So, I know.
1: Wait, so can I tell you something really incredible that I heard? Because you're saying something that uh, my my Texas dad kind of called me out on uh, um, a few weeks ago. Because you know, when life gets stressful. I kept on saying, well, I said yes to this call. I knew what I was getting myself into, right? Similar to what you were just saying. He goes, no, 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 Brian. God called you. God called you to this. And so I think it's like really funny. Like, yeah, you said yes, but God called you there for like this life changing experience too. Like you were exactly who they needed and uh in that moment and you um they were exactly who you needed probably too on that journey. Hopefully.
0: Mm-hmm. Well so the one maybe. from Florida <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the other
1: is. But I like that I like that theological approach that it's it's not just our yes, it's that that God has called us to these moments to say yes to uh,
2: you, your bravery though. No, no, it was dra- bravery or just plain stupidity. Um, I was going to look up her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> I say her, her name. Right. Yannick. Yannick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, well, thank you, know. Yannick. Um, she was my savior. She was your hero. Um, during my stay there, while I also, like on the weekend, um, Viola set up um, some time for me to go and explore you know, um, explore some other areas. And so I got an opportunity, um, you know, to go m- meeting other people and staying other places. And so this one gal, and I, c- I couldn't tell you her name for the life of me, she was, she owned basically an equivalent Airbnb. And I stayed at her Airbnb and she was then, you know, I paid her to tour me around Well, I didn't know she was touring me around on a a motorbike. I'm terrified of motorbikes, you know. I'm absolutely terrified. But you did it. But I did it anyway because... What are you going to do? What are you going to do? She doesn't have a car. Nope, not at all. That's transportation. And I didn't want to be stuck in this one bedroom. It was kind of like a garage and that's what it was. It was a garage with a bed and a and nightstand in there. And, Earlier,
0: when you said Airbnb, that's not what I was picturing. Like yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was a good experience. Um, you know, she took me um, around and showed me things, and then um, and the next day, they um, I hired a guy. And when I say I hired a guy, that sounds really um, luxurious, and but. I hired this guy to stay with me for a full day and I think it cost me um, an equivalent of ten American dollars oh. how did you know like you I mean? didn't know um, she was, did it she did it for me but I yeah. actually paid him yeah, yeah and he yeah. Stayed, and he took me to a lot of um, different uh, sightseeing places that people want to see you know places where um, dungeons and other places you know war zones and stuff took me to you know places you could buy markets to buy things and then he would help me um not get ripped off cool. and, and haggle i really wanted this one bracelet um this metal bracelet with melissa's name written on it and and i couldn't understand the language and so the guy was haggling with um and he's like, no, man, you know, basically. And he like pulling me, like, walk away. And so we walked away, and the guy came running after, and he would do it for that price. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have this metal bracelet that has Melissa's name on so, it. So, yeah, I was just
0: going to say, so prior to leaving for this trip, which you would say you ran away to Africa, and you were in this thick of grief and feeling alone, so how, how
2: what did it do for you? What gift did it there were so many things, and at the time I didn't realize them as much as after I got home. I mean, there were just things, and even like when I was there and doing some of the sightseeing or a sightseeing or going hiking, um, like one day this butterfly followed me the entire day. Like it was there the whole time, and it was just like, you know, that, that can't just be coincidence. I mean, to have a butterfly, you know, flitter around you for a half hour is one thing but it, to follow you around your whole walk through this whole thing you know stuff like that I don't know there was just different things um and I would call Mark each night we never talked more than a minute or two. Oh, when I went visiting and stayed in my little Airbnb your, kind your of thing. garage um there was another person staying and she ripped off my Blackberry she stole. Um. And she was from, she was American. She f- stole my Blackberry. Um, so then you're in Africa. And in
0: Senegal. And you have no communication. No communication. And talk about
2: being frightened. Oh my gosh. So what day is this for you? Oh, I have no idea at this point. <sighs> like you were there for 30? I think, no, well, I was supposed to be there for a month. Um, I ended up coming back at three and a half weeks I was there.
0: Okay. This, but then, but then, mantra. how does he even know that you're coming so, back?
2: So no, so what? Ha- well, you you got a heck, so I got it ripped off. So then, and then I got a lot of money ripped off too. Um, I had two hundred dollars ripped off out of my purse, and so I didn't want to tell Viola because I, you know, I mean, it was my stupidity. Well, you know. I don't know if we call it stupidity
0: or just naive. Trust or I, was naive. Just, naive. I am yeah, yeah, just yeah.
2: very trusty. Yeah, so let's not make it negative. And yeah. so, but anyway, the lady that, um, you know, kept me at yes. her place, she told Viola what happened. So Viola then helped me go find um, a phone, and I bought a phone. And the phone only works in Africa. I was just uh, gonna, So hey. I didn't find that out till I landed. got on a plane and landed in uh, LaGuardia. Is it LaGuardia? New York. Uh, yeah, landed in New York and my phone didn't work. It only worked in Africa. <laughs> so I was able to, you know. Um, and at this point, you know. Mark and I, I mean, I was calling because I needed that connection, mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily a connection for him. It was a connection of somebody that I knew because mm-hmm. we were struggling a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, it's just like it was really good for me to be gone because really, um, it made me miss him, and I I needed to miss him because we yeah. weren't doing so well before I left. It's per like, Pastor Caroline yeah we weren't it was yeah. kind of like we were living in the same household yeah um you know he was working later and later every night not coming home he used to be home at 6 on the dot every night and then it was you know seven o'clock and then it was eight o'clock and it was, it was like you know when he came home it was like I'm done you know kind of thing so it's kind of cliche but you know um you know space and makes the heart grow fonder you know so it was a lot of healing it was it was a lot um i didn't feel like it at the time i felt like i was in over my head and yannick was making my life so much easier but it still wasn't wonderful yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. not gonna lie yeah. it was hard it sounds it doesn't sound great um there were some great things i mean there were some lovely ceremonies viola vaughn had a couple of outfits made for me um which was really nice because then when i would show up in these outfits then they were being respectful towards me because i was respecting their culture by dressing like them um so that was very helpful um
1: I did. I did look up a little bit ago when you were speaking. Um, the organization that she works for is Ten Thousand Girls. Correct. And so, like, if you if you Google search Viola Vaughn, um, uh, Ten Thousand Girls, you can learn more about the work that she does. It was pretty easy to find. So, so that that at least kind of.
0: But maybe don't use her as a travel guide, as what well <laughs> <same. laughs>
1: Or or to have her drive alone. you around. I mean, she sorry, is
2: an incredibly Serious. successful woman, and she gets where she gets. Because, you know, and I mean, I was just, you know, a person that she could use for what she needed at the time. Yeah. And so...
0: So then you come home and you have this unbeknownst healing. And so then how do you get to the other side of the wall of grief? Or you Um, said it never, obviously... You don't, but but
2: like when... You know, Mark had his healing, too, I think, when I was gone. I mean, that would be his story. But um, right when I got home, we had a wedding, and between the wedding and the reception was a few hours. So we went and sat at a Starbucks, and he had um, been reading a devotion the night, you know, a night before I came home, and it spoke to him about, you know, the two of us. And he shared it with me, and that was kind of like I had a lot of time think to think, and then he had a lot of time, and we sort of, um, that was the start of healing. Another thing that was very helpful is our son Matthew quit college, um, and he was home, and so him and Mark was coming home at a decent hour because they would have dinner together every night. And um, I'm diabetic, and I can't wait till 7, 8 o'clock to eat. I have to eat earlier. Um, And so then he would start coming home, and and then they would be eating, but I would come and join them just to be a part of the conversation. And then it just sort of slowly evolved. Yeah. I don't know. There was just – there's a lot that went on. We met with Pastor um, Joe a couple of Saturday mornings. There's just – Different, I tell you, part of our healing was our Savior's people. I mean, I don't know what people do when they have life changes and not have a church community. Because even though we lost friends because of losing Melissa the way we did, we gained so much more. I mean, people that I didn't even no you know came out of the woodwork and we had cards flowers um notes prayers i mean
0: what would you say surrounded you in that time like if for someone to know going forward how to support and love our community in that way like send the card even if you're not
2: close to the person send oh, the note even absolutely. if you think oh absolutely i was who just I? like so overwhelmed that was moving that it was so moving And um, this is kind of embarrassing, but I have always, always had a really hard time remembering people's names. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it has nothing to do with age. It's just, Mm -hmm. um, I have a hard time remembering our neighbors, and it frustrates Mark. Mm -hmm. Or he'll talk about somebody in church that have been sitting ahead of us or behind us for the last 12 years. Um, And I, I... it just frustrates. Just them.
0: so you know, it's a thing, and Brad Pitt has it. So you oh, don't God. have to feel okay. bad about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I
1: have the Brad Pitt thing, but, like, Vicki, I'm, no, I'm the I'm same way. Vicky, I'm just you letting sh- you know, like, I, Vicky, I, you I know. You should
0: look it up. It's a real, real thing, and you just might have it, and that's okay, and give yourself grace. No, you I, 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 I'm i really bad at names
1: too, and it drives me any crazy. <laughs> so.
2: It's okay. Everybody gets grace there. <laughs> so it's, it's just like there's just so many people that I did know, but I didn't think I knew <laughs> that you know yeah but I mean we just um we just acquired a lot more friends people checking in on us I mean even you know like a lot of people you know after you know a few days or a few weeks that kind of everybody goes back to their own lives and yet there were still people at our saviors that remembered to send flowers on the first Thanksgiving, the first Christmas, you know, there were people that, you know, you know, Melissa was a nanny for the Fredericks, and Nancy would come and bring cookies or some kind of food or treat on her anniversary every year, Mm. and, you know, tell us that, you know, that she would never forget Melissa and us, and, you know, it's just people are just so warm and genuine, Um, and so... We have, you know, we have, you know, some really good friends that just stepped up to the plate. Um, Someone, and I can't even tell you who it was, said, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say yes if somebody offers you something. Mm -hmm. And someone said, you know, it hurts people's feelings if you turn them down. They put themselves out there and then you shut them down. So after that, like, you know, when the neighbors called and said, "Could we bring over food? And my whole family's there, mm-hmm. you know, from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I
1: mean. Can can I ask you to share a little bit? Because I don't know that Marnie knows this, but, you know, anybody listening might not know this, too. Do you want to share the connection to the Memorial Garden, then?
2: Sure. Um, Marnie, wait,
1: Marnie, I'm going to quiz you. Do you know that this? Okay.
2: So we have a memorial garden out here at Celebration, and that was in the works for a long time. And so it took, you know, money to get it going. So between um, the garage sale, Mark and I, and uh, I think one other person, they were able then to create the memorial garden and, People can have their loved ones, their ashes buried in there, which Melissa is buried in the memorial garden. So it's a really special place for us. And then there is the memorial wall and there are multiple names on there um, with dates and Melissa's name is on there along with others. Um, And then if you, the door closest to the garden, when you walk out of celebration, there is a picture frame Mm -hmm. and then there's a little saying there and it changes for every season and so it's really nice to um especially at first I mean I was up at the garden like all the time and then it was once a week and then it was every other week and you know and that's whenever I get my fancy up But there's a rock in there, and it's a friend of mine painted it. It has Pooh Bear on. Pooh Bear was Melissa's favorite. And (laughs) Um, we gorilla glued a tent stake and put it in so that people couldn't take it out. But some people take it as a challenge
1: <laughs> gardeners or like the the people that we like the when we pay them they they i, I was actually really impressed when i saw it like how did they get that out but, yeah, yeah they
2: had to really work at it but we but make sure it stays there are yeah. people that have planted flowers um there and then like every week i would bring plant flowers and then someone and i don't even know who it was planted a rose bush a red rose uh red rose plant that, um, blooms every
1: year. I think it's important to share. Cause I mean, like, as we get to hear your story here and this connection to our church, um, there are a lot of people every single week during these summer months. I, I not daily, but a lot of days I see out there, uh, and outside of celebration and they're caring for it. They are spending time out there with loved ones because the Melissa's not the only ones. Um one time I had this um I was spreading some ashes and the preschool kid the kids were coming out for like playtime. They're like, Pastor Brian, as like I'm doing it with the family. And actually the family really liked it. That they're like, you know, this is this is good. Like this this is a, a area that has play and joy and life. In life. And and so I, I just think it's it's good to know like I don't know, some people don't spend a lot of time here at the Celebration Campus, but that's there, and it's a holy space. Oh, Melissa
2: would have yeah. loved the, the whole next to the preschool um, and all the life that's there. She um, spent many years also teaching Sunday school. Um, from I mean, she w- uh, assisted Jim Ponish. They taught together for years, and um she, she just sounds like such it. a beautiful girl. I love that we have a place to remember her. So, yeah, I mean, our saviors was her place. Yeah. And so that's when the really kids beautiful. were running around the garden and throwing balls all over, you know, there's some people like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> you don't mess this up. You know, she would have been okay. She would have been playing with them. Yeah, that's really so. beautiful.
0: Yeah, it is. Thank you for gifting that to us to share that in that space with her. I'm still going back to when you said, like, how you're feeling badly about it. I don't know how to relieve you of that, but I want you to relieve you of that, and I know I can't. But as a parent, I guess we just all do that, right? We all question how we parent, and when we mess it's up, and not dead. knowing what we yeah. did, and not, you do the best you can when, when
2: you know you can. The shouldas, wouldas, and couldas will kill you. Yep. Um. That, you know. Yeah, it, I want you just to... You know, it takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of work to work on that. We had a really um, good friend. Uh, he had lost his wife, and then he had lost his son, which was um, a child, a child, a grown-up, um, a friend of Melissa. He she was the same age as Melissa, but he died in Iraq. And um, he wrote us a beautiful letter when Melissa died. And the gist of it was is you can get better or you can be bitter get better or be bitter. Uh-huh And it was it was really eye-opening. and I have read that letter over and over. Um, and how you just, you know, it's just you know is that was again another uh, more community, you yeah. know just supporting you. I mean they had been through you know a but lot. the
0: fact that you were able to hear that's really beautiful as well that you were open to hearing that. That's really beautiful about you because I think you could just be in a better space and not even be able to hear that, you know what I mean? And rightfully so, everyone would understand that. So that's really beautiful that you were able to even see through that and Um, choose it.
2: I wouldn't give myself the credit. It was just like, it's a God thing because, you know, um, we are only strengthened through Christ, you know, I mean, and I can say that. I I have this really strong faith right now. Um, I didn't always have it. I thought I was a really good Christian for years. Like, I went to church every Sunday. And my kids went to church, and we said prayers, you know, when we ate, and we prayed when they went to bed. And it's just like, but as you grew, I don't know, as I grew older and things happened, and um. you don't really realize I, at least I didn't realize that um, I didn't have that great of a, a relationship with Christ until you go through a lot of rough stuff. And it wasn't even like I got closer to God after Melissa left us, but it still took time after that. And it's just like I had no idea how much I was missing out. You know mm. and uh, I don't know as I get I mean maybe, maybe it's age. <laughs> maybe it's as you get older, but all the different things and I think the pandemic um, was another thing that strengthened my faith because the pandemic made me slow down. I'm a crazy workaholic was. Um, I've retired. Um, but congratulations. What did you do was <clears throat> a teacher? You were I so. What happened teacher. to hair and
0: makeup and cosmetology? Oh, that didn't last long. <laughs> okay, well, that's where you <laughs> left me.
1: Uh, when you were asking a lot of details about that earlier, I'm like, "Well, Marnie doesn't know what you." Yeah, did for
0: wait. So saw. then you went back to school. I did. Oh, you didn't say that part. Okay. Well, so then you went back to school. Where? where? Cincinnati. Back here. Oh,
2: I was going to school for 14 years, but I graduated from North Central College in 2001, the same okay. year Melissa graduated from high school. Okay. Yes, and then um, I started teaching um, fifth grade for 10 years, and then I went up to middle school and taught sixth and seventh grade, ELA.
0: Oh, wow. And, yes. So, so you've really been around young adults. Yes. <laughs> well, fifth grade, not young adults. Oh, uh, sixth and seventh. Older seven. kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming mm-hmm. into their teens, yeah, lovely. Oh, yeah. But now you've been retired. So what is your, what are your favorite um, – Things that you participate in our church besides floating around to the services what are the things that you are most involved in
2: um i have been singing in the women's choir for 20 years or something like that give or take um i am on the mozambique team
1: oh yeah you are so <laughs> yeah. she's not given up on Africa, running away to Africa, and again. and again with schools in this connection. So Vicky has been a huge advocate in Mozambique for the the school that they have for the the families that have left Zimbabwe over years the years. And so, it you know, I I needed Vicky a few years ago because. For a long time, our ministry there uh, with the Lutheran Church in Mozambique really highlighted just the advocacy work with people who are infected with HIV AIDS. But there, there's two other aspects that we do there, the feeding ministry and the school, and we didn't really know how to share that story or have champions. And I would say Vicki has always been a champion of that school and has really helped us to build that relationship. Like we constantly now have updates on what they need. Just like, um, it's really incredible. Um, how do I say this? A, a little bit here goes a long way there.
2: Absolutely. And
1: we discovered like literally a fraction a 12th maybe of what we budget to send in for the advocacy portion, a 12th of that pays for a full school year of renting a space for hundreds of kids. And like, we were ag- not ignoring it, but we just didn't know how to make those connections. And so, yeah, you are definitely on the Mozambique uh, mission team, ministry team, and really advocating and um, uh, getting people ready because we need to make another trip. And are so, you
2: gonna go? absolutely, we're hoping <laughs> to go next summer. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: We're looking at June or uh, July, August, September, like those months. And so, for the listeners, if you if you are interested, talk to Vicky. Talk to myself. So,
2: who all is going?
1: We don't know yet. Um, It's a growing group, though. Well,
2: go this time, no, Mark is that's not his. What about your sons? I have not. Um well my youngest son will not get on a plane and dro- and go to Africa. Okay. He is terrified of flying. Okay. He he
0: so that's not available that to him. Available to okay, him. Okay, just wondering but, if anybody um, else from your family would enjoy not this. At this
2: point in their life? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right maybe now, in the future. they're just working on starting out. Yeah. 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 That kind of thing. Um another thing I wanna say is we are just starting, mm-hmm. we're in the baby stages. Um There is a small group of us that hopefully will grow to a very large group of us. We are starting a program at our Staviors that um, is called Friends Visiting Friends. And it is people visiting people that are um, homebound or they're. This is good. Great. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, What's that word?
1: In. Um, this is good. Long care term facilities. Care or, not necessarily. But they even are, at their home. Shut in, you shut know, ins, they're, yeah.
2: They're shut ins. They haven't been able to connect with church or anybody we'd like to have. And mostly they're elderly people. I'm not saying all, but um, they need to have a voice and it's not about care as far as taking them to doctors' appointments or that it is really just sitting there listening and letting them have a voice. Um, maybe oh, playing Picky, that's cards beautiful. or something. You so.
1: want to know what's even crazier? So we normally call this pastoral care, which is really bad because it's just care. And, um, you know, this is a gap right now. I, 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 Pastor Fani and I can't visit everyone. And these are members who are like, well, we can help. And, and so, um, you know, they've kind of built themselves. We're going to bring people together. Like, let's figure out what do you, what do you need resources wise? And my answer is yes, let's do it. And then like, let's say Vicki visits someone who's like, you know, I really, I I really need to see a pastor though. Then they're going to let us know. But if I, if not, like this is the care of the community that we should be doing anyways. That's really beautiful. I mean, like I didn't have to, I didn't have to do a single thing. They came to me with this idea.
2: That's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. This church
1: um, is cool. Cool. That's you know, all I'm going to say. That's not a normal church thing. Uh,
2: you know, again, I mean, as I was working, I was trying to – I'm. when you're getting ready to retire, you just need to have some kind of plan. Otherwise, it's probably not a good idea to retire. And I had been visiting a friend, and then it became um, two friends in nursing home. you know, every week. And I just felt like – and I was enjoying it. I mean, really thinking it was a blessing to me, not just to them. And that's when I knew that it was, that's that was my next calling. And it was kind of like, that's the closest I've come to God telling me something, by the way. <laughs> like, I think you're going to be good
0: for this. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, that's awesome. Oh, I'm excited about this. This is good. So, this is yeah, good we're news. We're excited
2: about this. Um, we're hoping to get this program up and running by the end of September I mean we sort of have a little bit um, we have members visiting members already but we're hoping that's awesome um, to get more people involved good for you well Vicki
0: this was really lovely to share your story I feel like there's a lot of bravery in and out of lots of different moments of your life moving all the time caring for younger siblings having to go through grief bigger than anybody's grief ever can be going to Africa, and I don't even know what happened there. Like, I don't even – all the things that but, happened But I there. agree
1: with your word bravery and just um, uh, a willingness to share, not just with us, but with others. I, I think that's um, um, very – just very awesome. I, I think we – the more we know people's story, the the better we care for one another. So I, I'm just super appreciative of your your risk of saying yes and, and joining And I this.
0: do think it's – Not to be, I don't wanna over speak from Melissa's memory, but the way that you talked about her and seeing people and and judging herself based on what she perceives other people's lives to be, I hope that this podcast blows that up for people and lets people know the messiness of marriage and the flawedness of all of us and how we're all just Mm. trying and it's hard. And that's everybody.
2: That's everybody. That's, that's everybody. For sure. So, that's, thank you for that's sharing. That's one yeah. of the reasons that I wanted to to share. It's because we all look really good on Facebook. <laughs>
1: um,
2: yep. And, well, uh, even on Sunday morning or
0: Saturday night, whatever. Service. Absolutely. Sometimes you just don't know what's going on in people's hearts. And not that we have to show up crying to be genuine, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's but, fabulous you know. to share your story so people know. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. So thanks for being here. Marnie, thanks for being back, everybody. Marnie,
1: before we go, though, We have more... Po- uh, scheduled interviews. We've
0: got people coming in, and if you want to come on, we would love to have you. It's so, as simple as it is. So
1: for our fan base and listeners, you know, thank you for uh, the grace that we had during a, a pandemic. Happened. Yeah, thanks for giving us a minute. <laughs> but we're back, and and look forward to hearing your story So if if that is something that interests you, you know, reach out to to Marnie, and I we we, we I we do have an email address. It's maximum yeah. at gmail.com I, I, I don't check it. it. <laughs> don't <laughs> so nobody checks that. You've email been me. emailing us for. Two Two years, thanks. <laughs> but reach out to Marnie or something like that yeah, on Facebook or Instagram. And we would love to connect with you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Bye.